Let us pray. Precious Heavenly Father, we bless you this morning. Lord, we give you all of the praise and the glory. Thank you for all that you have done for the abundance of your blessing, the abundance of life, the overflowing life. Thank you. You have given us yourself without measure. You have given us the fullness of yourself and all that you have. Daddy, we are so grateful. Thank you more also for opening our heart, opening our eyes to begin to understand and to live in the reality of our salvation. To understand and to live in the reality of our oneness. To understand and to live in the reality of our righteousness. To understand and to enjoy the reality of our blessed state in Christ. Thank you, Lord, for having fulfilled your purpose in our life. We give you all of the praise as we transition from where we are to where you have designed for us. Lord, we give you thanks. Receive all of the praise and glory. And for everyone this morning, I pray, Lord, that our eyes continue to open. The areas we need more understanding, the areas that faith must search in, will receive the grace this morning. We give you all of the praise. And thank you for everything that you have done and you continue to do for us. Thank you. We acknowledge every good thing we have, both in Christ and every good material thing that you have made available for us. We bless you, Father. We give you all of the praise and all of the glory. And everyone who prayed with me this morning will say, Amen and Amen. And good morning to you, my beloved brothers and sisters and the Lord, of course. It's your brother, Pastor Chida Jacob, and I'm here this morning that you and I will joyfully fellowship in the Word, to fellowship with the Word, to fellowship in the bread of life. This is the communion, the breaking of the body and the blood of Jesus that we may enjoy the reality of His life. Don't forget what He said, John chapter 10, verse number 10, I came to give you everything in abundance i came to give you everything in abundance life to its fullness until you overflow i love that rendering it say until you that means until i overflow until you overflow he's not withholding anything back he's not holding anything back no the life has been poured out into us and as we get to understand it and enjoy the reality of it. In fact, there is really no enjoying it without it overflowing. Because, because for example, when your heart is full of peace and joy, it will automatically affect everything and everyone around you. Just in the same way, if you are full of depression, if you are full of anger, if you are full of frustration, the people to eat the fruit thereof are those around you. It's the same thing here. When your heart is full of the joy of the Lord, when your hand is full with plenty, plenty money, let me say it again, plenty money, not meager, plenty abundance of money, when your hand is full with it, when your hand is full of it and you are someone whose heart has been remade by the Lord, it is definitely going to be for the benefit of many around you. Praise God. Amen and amen. So this morning, I'm going to be rounding off our journey of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I will be reading again from verse number 12 to verse number 15. That's the concluding verse this morning. 
Before I do, beloved brothers and sisters, let me one more time remind you of what Jesus said. If the tree is good, the fruit thereof will be good. Again, if the tree is good, the fruit thereof is good. Don't forget when we began this journey. I kept telling you over and over, the way God works is different from how man works. Man wants you to bear fruit, but they teach you the fruit as a skill. Something that you have to learn, something you have to understand, and something that you have to apply. So they talk about forgiveness. They talk about kindness. They talk about integrity. That means it becomes a skill. The challenge with skill is that it's something that you have to learn, understand, and then remember to apply. Only that if the underlining emotions are contrary, it doesn't matter how many books you have read on how to be kind. If the underlining emotions are contrary, those books will fly off your head. You would have demonstrated meanness to people before you got home and then finally realize that there's something that is called kindness. Unfortunately, it is the same method that religion applies. For example, we are told to give and we are told that if we don't give, God will kill us. God will fry us in hell. Beloved, in fact, to be honest with you, the best way to describe religion is the wickedness in the heart of man. Because you know what it does? Religion turns a loving father to a dreaded monster. Religion turns love into hate. Religion gives you the idea that all the beautiful things that God has given to us to enjoy... If you desire to have them, if you desire to enjoy them, you are doing something wrong. I hope that you can understand that. So, but God's approach is different. The focus is the fruit, of course. God wants us to bear not just fruit, but abundant fruit. For example, where we're reading in John chapter 15, if you did not read correctly, it looks like he said, he said if you don't bear forth fruit, he will cut you off. The Bible never said that at all, at all. As a farmer, he doesn't cut us off and throw us away. No, whether we are bearing fruit or not, he never cuts us away. Rather, as a loving father, what he does is to prune. The cut there is to prune. He cuts off those experts, the dead experts, so that the ones not bearing fruit will bear fruit. And then the ones who are bearing fruit will bear more fruit. Don't forget, those who are cut off are those who, are, who have never accepted their oneness with Christ. Don't forget, everything originated from Christ. So those who have not accepted their oneness are really never part of him. They are the ones that are cut off. You and I will never ever be cut off. Praise God. Whether we bear fruit or not. However, it is the intention of the Father that will bear fruit. Even Jesus says, as we bear forth this fruit, it gives glory to the Father. So what does he do and how does he prune with words? Jesus said to them, the words I speak to you have already made you clean. So God sends his words to prune us, to clean us. Watch what is he pruning? What is he cleaning? What is he energizing? It is the tree. It is us. It is our mind. What is going on on the inside of us? And once that tree is good, then the fruit thereof will be excellently good. Praise God. Don't forget 
the focus of our message, the focus of the gospel is to make the tree good. A good tree will bear a good fruit. A perfect tree will bear a perfect fruit. A tree full of love will produce the fruit of love. A tree full of abundance will walk into the reality of abundance. A tree that is full of joy does not produce depression. A tree that knows who he is has no business envying everybody. A tree that has realized his oneness with the Father will never wake up not thinking about how to help others to do better. I was sharing with those around me yesterday in church. It is impossible for you to, to understand your oneness with God and then walk in that reality and not be concerned when you see any human being living below their capacity. You know why? Because with the eyes of God now, you can see that this poor man can actually be very rich. You can see that this depressed brother can be full of joy. You can see that this jobless brother or jobless sister can actually create a business. You can see that this person who does not know left and right can become a person of influence. Now, why is that? Because you are now seeing everything and everyone in the eyes of the Father. So, one proof that you have come to the reality of your oneness with the Father is when you start to see human beings that way. You know why? Because from the eyes of the Father, you can see their potential. You can see what is possible. You can see exactly also where their challenges lie. So, beloved, the words that God sends to us is to make the tree good, is to make our tree perfect, is to make our tree excellent so that fruitfulness is something that flows out from us. Praise God. It's not a struggle. It's not a challenge. It's not something we are fighting to do. No, it is an outflow. What is inside simply flows out from us. Praise God. You don't have to remember to be kind. You don't have to remember to love. You don't have to force yourself to forgive. No, it becomes your natural, let me use that word, it becomes your natural way of doing things. That which is supernatural becomes natural to you. That which people describe as miracles becomes the daily experience of your life. I praise God. Amen and amen. So this morning, in concluding this chapter, let me run straight again to verse number 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 12. Don't forget, we are talking about how abundantly God has blessed us and the reason for the abundance, the overflow of the Spirit, the overflow of the gifts of the Spirit, the overflow of finances, the overflow of joy, the overflow of mercy, the overflow of the Zoe life of God is so that it will minister to those around us. And the Bible calls giving here the priestly ministry. Don't forget about that. The priestly ministry. And this priestly ministry the Apostle Paul is talking about in this context is offering, giving money to support one another, giving what you have to make sure that nobody around you in church lacks. Praise God. Amen and amen. And let me just throw this in here. We don't serve in order to be saved, 
but we are saved to serve, to serve the interest of God around us. Beloved, have you wondered why Jesus says, when I was sick, you did not come to see me. When I was in the prison, you did not come to see me. Jesus equated a believer being in prison as himself being in prison. Beloved, beloved, I hope you understand this. The Bible says that we have been made anew in Christ so that we can do the works which God has proposed for us from the beginning. The focus of us being saved and why we are left here after God has saved us is so that we can serve. And what are we serving? We are serving the need of those around us. Whatever that need be, that is the focus of our ministry. Don't forget, I have not asked anybody to give me money for anything or to give me money to build a house or to be give me money to build a cathedral. I have not told you in order to activate this teaching, you must sow a seed. No, what we are saying, which is the truth before God himself, is that wherever you are, you should be a light to those around you, whether it is in your home or whether it's in your church. Don't forget, the Bible talks about the how important it is to minister, especially to those in the household of faith. People who are hopeless should come into a church and then find hope. Not only did they find hope in what we teach, they also find hope in the way we love them and support them. Praise God. And I was sharing with them yesterday, we are no longer looking at the people, whether they are good or bad. That's completely irrelevant. We are no longer giving to people because this guy is behaving well and this one is not behaving well. So let us give to the ones who are behaving well and then avoid the ones who are not behaving well. If we're doing that, we're living contrary to our father. Don't forget, he gives to all whether good or evil. He gives to all. He doesn't give because we qualify. Friend, isn't that the gospel that we preach isn't that the gospel that we preach? That God loves us no matter whichever way we go. God gives to us whether we are good or bad. So are we not going to turn it upside down when it comes to us giving back to people the way God has given to us? Beloved, let's stop the judgment. Let's be in the attitude of our Father and continue to be a blessing whether they deserve it or not. Praise God. Don't forget each time we reach out and serve and minister and reach to the need of the people, we're also sowing seed in their life. Praise God. The Bible said this priestly ministry you are providing through your offering not only supplies what is lacking for God's people, it inspires an outpouring of praises and thanksgiving to God himself. Verse number 13, for as your extremely generous offering. Again, look at the phrase. For as your extremely, it's not just offering, it's generous offering. It's not just generous offering, your extremely generous offering meets the approval of those in Jerusalem. It will cause them to give glory to God, all because of your loyal support and allegiance 
to the gospel of Christ. Watch this. Watch this. Of course, if you know the background of this story, Brother Paul was collecting this offering to help the church in Jerusalem because there was famine in Jerusalem. He was going from church and church. Watch this. He did not go back to the church in Jerusalem to tell them that the reason they are suffering is because they have not given enough or because they have not prayed enough or whether they have not fasted enough. Neither did he go to Jerusalem to teach them 14 fundamental radical ways on how to provoke the blessing of God. If you can sow seed, even as you are suffering, God will bless you. No, he went and raised physical money for them, physical gift, and he's telling them here, as this your generous offering meets the approval. This approval here is, a, is not approving whether it's good or bad. No, it's that they are accepting it in the wholeness of their heart. He says, as your extremely generous offering meets the approval of those in Jerusalem, it will cause them to give glory to God. Now watch this. He said, all because of your loyal support and allegiance to the gospel. Now, this giving is not because they are good or they are bad. No, it is also a way to preach the gospel. Don't forget, he says to them, it is because of your loyal support and allegiance to the gospel. If you read and understand this well, this was not a transaction of let me give them, God will give me back. No, this was about their allegiance to the gospel. How can we preach the gospel of love and not give? How can we preach the gospel that said God loves everyone and then we sit down and start to pick among us who is good or who is evil? We don't do stuff like that because that's against the gospel itself. Watch what the scripture says, your loyal support. So this whole giving is because of the gospel of Christ. Beloved, this should be the motivation in our heart. Because of the gospel of Christ, we give. Whether it is given to support the preaching of the gospel, whether it is given to support those who preach the gospel, whether it is given to support our brothers and sisters, all of them are encouraged because it is also part of the preaching of the gospel. We give because of our support and allegiance, don't forget, allegiance to the gospel of Christ. Praise God. And he says, as well as your generous-hearted partnership with those in need. Watch that partnership with those in need. Praise God. Let me just tidy up this whole chapter today. Verse number 14 says, because of this extraordinary grace, praise God. Beloved, if there's nothing you take away from this chapter, just go and look at the verbs. Look at how magnificent, how abundant everything sounds. It says here, because of this extraordinary grace, not just grace, not just ordinary grace, but extraordinary grace. And what is that? It was their giving that is calling extraordinary grace. Which God has lavished on you, they will affectionately remember you in their prayers. Praise God. Verse number 15. Praise God for his astonishing gift, which is too far great for worse. That ends the chapter. Praise God. Beloved, let me sign off this morning by encouraging you at your own time. 
in your own pace. Please take this chapter and read it over and over again. Do you know why? I'm praying that as you do, your mind will align completely with it. Your mind becomes one with the reality of the spirit. Don't forget, the most important here is the spirit of generosity. That's what this chapter is all about. Having the spirit of generosity. That generosity becomes your name. You are generous at all times. Generous with words. Generous in your service. Generous in your giving. You are not looking at whether the people are good or bad. No, that is just who we are. Didn't the Bible say, if we do good to only those who are good and then do bad to those who are bad. He said, what is the difference between us and, and the rest of others? Are we just different because we are quoting Bible everywhere? No, we are different because our life takes the life of the Father. Our life stands as light and example to others. I love to tell these young guys around me when I give them money. I tell them, take it with joy. Don't take it like a beggar. No, you are not a beggar. Take it with joy. Receive it with joy because I give you knowing that if the same spirit ignites in you, you too will look at other people and say, take it with joy. Praise God. Amen and amen. It's been an exciting journey looking at this chapter of the Bible and, and I hope it has also been the same for you. Please, let's spread the message across. If you have not downloaded my app, go to Google Play Store, type in my name, Chide Jacob, and the word podcast. Download the app so you can have all the messages in one place. Please enjoy your day. Enjoy the extreme grace of God. Enjoy the abundant love of the Father. This morning, walk in the faithfulness and mercies and kindness of our Father. We know the finish. May it be your experience in the precious name of Jesus. But don't forget that this morning, you have been served. Shalom.